Blog Talk Radio. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Radio Show. Tonight we have an awesome guest coming on. I'm really excited about the interview tonight. It is going to be Ace of Reality Check TV, and he has numerous other hosts and producers that work with him that we will also be plugging tonight and introducing on the show. Before I bring him on, I just want to briefly um, tell people about the concept of my show, especially if this is the first time you're tuning in. First and foremost, I do want to thank everyone for their support. I started the show only a few months ago in April. It's been doing really well. It has had thousands and thousands of listeners already on the show. Um, we've had some awesome guests. We're going into, I think, the 40 the 41st episode tonight. I've already done 40 episodes. I can't believe it's gone this quickly. But I just really want to thank everyone for their support because it wouldn't be where it is today without the amazing guests I've had on my show and all the fans' support. So that kind of uh, can segue into why I started the show. Um, I am a clinical psychologist, and I'm also a singer-songwriter, as well as I do some writing for a couple of different magazines in the entertainment industry. And one of the things I always really wanted to combine was my psychology background, coupled with my um, fascination and interest in entertainment. And so the show was really started as a foreground to bring various persons on that are involved in the entertainment industry to support and promote them. Um, I currently promote everything and manage everything by myself. I don't have a manager. And in addition to working 50-plus hours a week as a psychologist in prison, um, I do everything else on my own on the outside. So I really know how difficult it can be for people to get their names out there. So that was the concept of the show, is to really support the guests and spread their, uh, the names of them to the masses. So on my show, people are going to get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like, what it's like to be in their profession, and uh, learn about their backgrounds. And a few concepts I do ask for people to keep in mind is that although I am a psychologist, the show is not meant to provide any type of formal treatment or therapy. Um, again, the entertainment industry is wrought, as we know, with some uh, crazy persons in it. And uh, we will definitely throw around psychological concepts at times, but they'll be used in more of a general, uh, broad sense um, to educate people rather than doing any type of formal therapy. Um, so I'm sorry to disappoint everyone, but uh, I try to keep my professional background uh, separate from becoming a, a pop psychologist, so to speak. And secondly, I do want my guests to feel very um, open to talk about any experiences um, that they've encountered, but I do request that people keep any specific names of persons or organizations anonymous because, again, I want people to feel free to be open, but I don't want to be uh, a type of show where I'm kind of humiliating or embarrassing specific people. So we can talk about all these experiences, just, uh, you know, call the person Mr. X or Mrs. Y or something like that to keep their names or identifying information um, out of it. All right, so if you're tuning in right now, please create a Blog Talk Radio account. Uh, you can join us in the chat room. I do my best to be in the chat room and go back and forth, but unfortunately, since I am kind of a one-person show and I manage everything on my own, um, I will do my best to get any questions you may have. You can call in tonight and ask Ace any questions you have by dialing 805-243-1320. So let me uh, tell people uh, about who Ace is of Reality Check TV. I'll give you some background on him and the uh, show that he produces with many of the other people he works with, and then we will bring him on. So Reality Check TV, I, I had met Ace on Facebook, actually, and and fortunately, Facebook has just been amazing. I've met so many awesome people on it, and, and he had contacted me, and he 
uh, expressed an interest in coming on the show, and when I checked out what he did, I was fascinated by everything. So I was like, he would definitely be a great guest for the show. So Reality Check TV, and you can check it out at uh, realitychecktv, just uh, the letter TV, dot com, and uh, you can get some information about them and check out some of the uh, interviews that they have. Is a television showcase for the alternative celebrities, cutting-edge performance, the hottest underground bands, and the world's strangest nightclubs, as they describe it. It is an all-access backstage pass, a perpetual name on the guest list, and an invitation into the underground scene, which is really cool because I think they're really uh, honing in on targeting a lot of different people out there who, you know, similarly to my show, might not necessarily get their names out there right away, but these uh, Reality Check TV is definitely bringing to light who these interesting people are. We'll definitely talk about some of them tonight. Um, Reality Check shoots live on location. They show actual performances mixed with exclusive background interviews, pun-filled commentary, and debuts of underground film and music videos. And uh, it is it also has innovative work with digital video, where it won two cable access awards, uh, the San Francisco Bay Guardian Newspaper's Best of the Bay Award for the Best Rock and Roll Video Show, and also the Best Website, among numerous other um, notorieties that they have uh, achieved over the years. Um, they've also broadcasted to over 400. They've also broadcast, excuse me, over 400 half-hour episodes. They've had five one-hour specials, um, as well as they have been had their footage on the E! True Hollywood Stories, on MTV, ABC News, and uh, many other places. And the hosts of the show, and Ace is going to tell us more about them, uh, include Danny. Huge, or I think that's how you pronounce it. Excuse me if I mispronounced it. Ace, of course, and Dragon Dave. So they are definitely the the four they like to call who like to have fun. Um, so definitely check them out at realitychecktv.com, and I'm going to bring Ace on now. Hey, Ace, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good, good. Welcome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's awesome to have you. It's an absolute treat to be with you. Thank you very much for uh, allowing me to come on your show. Absolutely, absolutely. It's all about promoting you guys and what you're up to. So um, where are you calling in from? Are you in California? I'm in San Francisco, sunny, beautiful San Francisco. We're having what is our summer right now. So it was probably about 75 or 80 degrees today, beautiful, cloudless, sunny, warm, quite unlike what normally is San Francisco weather. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so you really know how to make me jealous because I'm stuck here in New Jersey right now. And as you know, we're kind of heading into fall and those yes. uh, warm days of summer are slowly trickling away. <laughs> oh, so that's well, awesome. You know, but you guys, see, what you guys have is actual seasons there. See, in San Francisco, we have two seasons, fog, uh, okay. and, basically, fog and basically occasional sunshine uh, and rain. So it's maybe three okay. seasons. <laughs> okay. But, so, uh, but I have there, to correct so. you about something. You, the the the, sure. the, uh, the, bio, the bio you read is a little dated, and we are oh, now up to. No, no, no. It's okay, but I'm okay. going to tell you why. Go ahead. We're now up to episode 500. That's right. Oh, so episode. 500 oh episodes. wow. Okay. Yeah, yes, and we just posted our 500th episode with the mighty Stan Lee of Marvel Comics fame, the guy who invented or created Spider-Man right. or co-created Spider-Man and the Hulk and the Avengers and the Fantastic Four and all of these amazing awesome. characters that we are now seeing on the big screen, you know, uh, in these series of films that Marvel uh, Studios has been putting out. And Stan sure. Lee is the 
executive producer of all of those, and he also gets cameos in every film. So he's the guy, and basically for me personally, it was a personal hero uh, since I was probably about nine years old. So I waited 40 years to meet Stan Lee, and he was an absolutely wonderful, incredible, uh, generous, and kind individual. And not only that, after the interview was over, he even said that he liked the way I interviewed Awesome. So now, where did, just to give us some background, where did you have the opportunity to meet him? Was it at one of those Comic-Con conventions, or how did you hook up no, with him? No, um, he actually did a personal appearance at a comic book shop um, in the South Bay, in the Bay, San Francisco Bay Area, and he rarely comes okay. up this way. And we just happened to spot that he was going to be making his appearance. I approached the owner of the shop, uh, called Comics Collector Shop, I believe, um, in Sunnyvale. And cool. I said, hey, we'd like to cover this. Would you mind? And he said, no, sure. And I'll, I'll have Stan do an interview with you. And I was like, great. You know, nice. so we showed up and, you know, we shot him interacting with the fans and signing stuff. And and then when he took a break, uh, we sat down and, and had a chat. And he was so wonderful. It made that 40 years of waiting to meet him well worth it. That's awesome. Yeah, he sounds very, I mean, he sounds very just kind of authentic and uh, grounded he's the extremely. way you're describing him. Yeah, he he was extremely genuine, and he's he's sort of this, you know, I mean, he comes across as this very upbeat, ebullient character, and he really is that guy. I mean, you meet okay. him, he's, he's very effusive, he's always, in a, you know, he's so, they call him Smiling Stan Lee for a reason. And, okay. Uh, you know, it, it, was a, it was an absolute treat. So we chatted a little bit about some of his uh, inspirations, some of the great authors that he uh, that he grew up reading, like uh, you know Arthur Conan Doyle and uh, and and so many others that, that uh, inspired me when I was growing up as well. And I have all of the books that he mentioned. Uh, Edgar Allan Poe is another one I'm a huge fan right. of that he also loved. So it was really awesome to be able to relate to him on that level. It's like his heroes are my heroes, and we're right, right, right. art, you know. And he's also a hero of mine. And for him to be as forthcoming and as kind and generous and then, you know, effusive with his praise, like after it was done, I mean, he really, and we left it in where he said, you're a really good interview. I really enjoyed that. And I was like, oh, my God, just kill me now, you know. I can die happy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so that was, that, I mean, it's those... 500. And so, that's so great! Wow, and that's, and that's where we're at right now. Um, something else that uh, that just we just debuted it today. In fact, is a brand new helmet video that we worked on with our good friend Eddie Granillo, um, a friend of mine who um, shoots. He he, he uh, directs and produces and edits films. And he, okay. he and I worked on a film together called The Craving, uh, which has debuted um, both in San Francisco and in New York. So I encourage nice. my friends in both places to to look it up and go see it whenever it plays. I know it debuted, I, I believe, at Coney Island uh, a month or so ago, and um, yeah, and we also showed it here in San Francisco. Eventually, it'll get out to the uh, to the art houses and and film festivals and so on. And what's it, I have what's a, it I have about? A few small. The craving what's is the a basically a slasher. It? It's a slasher film. It's about a a world-famous chef who basically has a sort of bent for killing her lovers and uh, okay. and then incorporating them into her recipes. So it's pretty pretty amazing <laughs> stuff. 
Interesting. Yeah. That sounds really cool. Yeah, it's, a, it's hey, uh, directed you, um, by my friend. Yeah, directed by my friend uh, Val Kilmore Castro, and uh, I appeared in a few scenes in the film, so I got to be friendly with everyone. And then when Eddie uh, got um, contacted by Helmet to work on the project, he asked if we would participate, knowing that we've done some music videos in the past, and uh, we've worked with bands like uh, Skin Lab um, and uh, Jet Boy and uh, Testament. And forty wow. grit, so we, yeah, so we, we've got some uh, some stuff under our belt, and he wanted our particular and peculiar kind of camera work, and we incorporated that into the into the video. And uh, you know, I just watched it today, and I'm very excited to see the final product. Uh, you know, incorporating cool. our footage into this new video. The video is called "So Long." It's from the new talent record called uh, "Seeing Eye Dog," I believe title. Okay. And uh yeah, they're on tour right now, so uh I suggest everybody go see them. I think they just played New York uh a night or two ago. So the New yeah, York I like their music. It's it's really good. Made, I like their music. Yeah. Yeah. Paige Hamilton's a great guy, so uh he was excited that we were involved and, and uh now that the final product is done and I, I'm proud to say it's just another feather in our cap as we're celebrating we're also celebrating our twentieth anniversary this year. So this is kind of a landmark season wow. for us. 500 episodes, 20 years in existence, a brand-new oh music my gosh. video, and so much Congratulations. more. Congratulations. So, That's awesome. Thank you so much. So let's, um, while you're talking about all this wonderful stuff, and I definitely want to get into reality uh-huh. check TV and talking about that, I'm just curious to know a little bit about yourself and in terms of you growing up and your interests and how did they segue into this type of stuff in terms of filming and interviewing, and I'm just uh-huh. curious to know about your background. Well, um, my background is I'm actually a New York City native, so I, I, okay. I was born in Brooklyn, and I lived, uh, you know, most of my life. Uh, actually, it'll be next year, it'll be about half and half that I've lived in San Francisco and New York, um, but uh, I, I've been, you know, I came from New York City and moved out to San Francisco. I had started working in the music business. I had worked uh, road managing bands and then personal, okay. a little bit of personal management, and I had gotten my feet wet. Um, I decided to to move to San Francisco basically on a whim. Uh, you know, a former friend of mine, which is kind of a long story how that all came together. Uh, but nonetheless, I moved to San Francisco, and I, I always sort of had an affinity for San Francisco. So um, I, I ended up fitting in really well here. The city has sort of welcomed me as a as a native adopted native son, so I feel at home here and I feel at home back in New York. So it's a beautiful nice. thing. I, I get to I get to be sort of part in, uh, of both worlds. And there's a mm-hmm. lot of overlap. There's a, quite a bit of overlap. So uh, after I was here for a few years, I had been writing for magazines and uh, working with bands and so forth. Um, essentially, I was DJing at a club called Bondage Go-Go, and I... I was, you know, out clubbing one night. I saw a sign on a wall, and it said, if you enter the premises, you agree to be filmed for Reality Check TV, um, you know, airs on local cable access and so on. And I was like, okay. wow, check this out. This little TV show is like posting this big sign like they're a big TV show. And I <laughs> thought, well, it would be great to have them come down to Bon Jago and help us publicize it as an underground kind of cable access thing where it's uncensored. So that whole idea appealed to me. So I said, well, I've just got to find whoever's got a camera. That's got to be somebody I can talk to to, to get to whomever is the is the head head guy. 
and that turned out to be Huge, who you mentioned earlier. Okay. You did you did pronounce it correctly. Good. And good. Huge, okay. Uh, you know, Huge, as it turns out, is a graduate of NYU. He's also a New Yorker, so we hit it off right away. And I invited him to Bonajacogo, and then we started doing stuff together. And then, you know, I was doing a Battle of the Bands show, and he kind of just stuck me in front of the camera and said, "Yeah, you know, do some interviews." And I was like, "All right, cool." You know, I'd already been doing print interviews for magazines. Right. Um, you know, so really so was huge. Was huge already. With Reality Check, or he was someone you were hooked up he with? Created the, the he created the show. He created the show. Oh, he created it. Okay. Yeah, and the show was, in those days, it was still in its primitive form. It was originally started as an alternative news program, but it kind of quickly descended into the craziness that we now see. Right, uh, right. <laughs> and it's, uh, it has grown, you know, slowly but surely in fits and starts over the past, uh, you know, 20 years, 18 years that I've been with it. And uh, Danny came aboard... Uh, along with me right around the same time, just within a couple of months. And we all kind of had a similar taste in all things bizarre and uh, uh-huh. heavy rock bands and wild parties and, you know, that sort of thing. And it's like, well, you know, let's use this show as a way to kind of document all this cool stuff and meet people and talk to and find out what they're about, much like you're doing. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, because I think we're all genuinely curious by nature, and we also like to promote cool stuff. So when we go to a club or we interview a band, like Helmet, for example, um, mm-hmm. or whomever, um, you know, or Stanley, whoever, and and each each of these personalities and individuals and bands and artists and performers, directors, producers, all of these people, no matter what status they might have in the firmament they get equal treatment, you know. They're presented right. equally right. in our format. So there could be a big star combined with a local act and they get, you know, equal treatment and equal reverence because we appreciate no matter who you are, if you're doing something that's cool, that we like, you deserve to be on Reality Check TV. Cool. That's, Very cool. That's, no, that's kind of that's the basic awesome. that's a, Right. That's an awesome point that you make because I, I do some, you know, similarly with my show, I've had you know, some major comedians on, some really, you know, well-known people in the industry, and I also have yeah. up-and-coming people. And just like you said, I mean, it's so important that everyone's treated the same and you don't give special treatment to the people that are been involved for yeah. eons in the industry. So, yeah, no, that's a great point. Yeah, and that's the general idea is, you know, we want to see, we just want to see people learn more and hopefully go further and investigate these things, whether it's a, a nightclub that occurs here in San Francisco or when we do make the occasional trip to New York or L.A. or Las Vegas, which are our, kind of our little areas of expertise, you know, mm-hmm. our stomping grounds where we we go and and do stuff and investigate and, you know, get, go kind of crazy. And, and we document it. So it's, it's half adventure show, half magazine. It's like a video magazine. Or even better, more appropriately, a fanzine because what we're doing is we're pr- promoting it, in, you know, with love. We're showing, cool. showing love and trying to give people a, a peek into what this is all about, and hopefully they'll investigate it a little further on their own or visit the club or listen to the music and go see the band live, whatever the case might be. Right, right. So yeah. how, do you, how do you go about, you know, finding or researching your guests? Because, like you said, you really, and, and tell the audience more about, you know, why you like to hone in on kind of strange, bizarre, like interesting things like that. So I'm, I'm curious to know, 
you know, what, why that intrigues you, and then how do you go about seeking out people or, um, like you said, organizations kinda, or clubs? Yeah. Um, you know, we contact, if there's something that, that piques our interest, and it could be any one of us, um, you know, uh, we'll go, okay, well, let's see if we can contact this person or this organization or this club and find out, you know, if we can come and, and check it out. And that's mm-hmm. basically how it is. A lot of times we work through publicists and so forth, but sometimes we have a personal relationship um, and we kind of can go through the back door a little bit, so to speak, right? and go around. Because sometimes publicists will be like, ah, you know, you're not big enough for us, you know. So Yeah, tell me, I was, I was just going to just to digress. I was going to ask you a question about that. Do you find, mm-hmm. I mean, I would think you guys would have an easier time because you do have some, you know, you do have a good reputation, and you, like you said, you you have some really credible backing in terms of the things you've accomplished. So I think it'd sure. be a little easier than when you just started out. But do you still experience sometimes we encounter sometimes? we yeah we encounter resistance, and I, I you know we're not ABC News or Entertainment Tonight or any of that sort of thing. Right. But the difference between us and them is we actually know about what what we're going to be going to investigate, as opposed right. to some knucklehead is assigned and some talking head, you know, is assigned to go <laughs> do this thing and they're like asking generic questions or sometimes genuinely dopey questions. And I'm right. not really learning anything when I, you know, when I see those interviews, whereas I think when you watch our interview, you're, you're seeing, first of all, you're seeing that we are I- interested in the subject right. matter. Mm-hmm. And so that sort of a buoyance and effusiveness should hopefully translate through the camera and get the person watching on the other end excited about it. It's like, hey, we're stoked to be here, you know. No matter who Mm -hmm. it is, where we're at, we are enjoying this. And that usually also translates to the interview subject. So the interviewee is like, oh, wow, these guys are really, they're down for it. You know, they're they're into it. And so I think we get a lot more than the average interview show gets. So that's what separates us. And, but do we sometimes encounter resistance? Absolutely. And, and it frustrates me because, you know, especially if a, if an artist or a band has changed publicists and now that relationship is shot, we have to then be like, okay, starting all over again, these guys don't know us. Mm-hmm. And they may not realize what our accomplishments are or how long we've right. been doing it. And so we're not a fly-by-night organization, which happens. You know, there's people who are out there and, to figure, oh, yeah, we can get into shows for free if we claim to be from a magazine or a TV show or something like that. Or they start up a, a program and they don't follow through with it within, uh, you know, I've seen programs begin and end here within, you know, a year or two because right. the people involved, they say, oh, that looks easy. And then they realize, no, it's not. It's a lot of hard <laughs> exactly. work. It's uh, a lot absolutely. of hard work. Don't be fooled, people. Mm-hmm. What you see on camera, that's us having a good time. We definitely are having a good time on camera, behind the scenes. What led up to that is a lot of work. I know, and it's so funny you say that, Ace, because even when I started this, you know, people were like, oh, that's easy, just do radio show. I'm like, no, you don't understand. I mean, I no. I do my research on the people. Too. I put, right, right. So but people just think, oh, you know, you, you start the station and you go on the air and you interview people. And it's like, mm-hmm. now I put questions together, I do research, I promote. Yeah. You know, it's it's another full-time job. I mean, so, really yeah, is. I can appreciate really what is. you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, luckily, like I said, you know, where we're going and what we're, what we're talking about or whom we're interviewing is usually something that we're already well-versed in. 
So when you right. see us there, it's not like I'm reading off a cue card or I have a bunch of questions set up. I'm usually in the moment just sort of firing mm-hmm. stuff out there because I don't really need to tap into any kind of, you know, database or look stuff up mm-hmm. online. Really. You know what I mean? I am already knowledgeable about the person or persons or things that we're, you know, where we're at. And uh, so that's kind of an advantage. And I think also that is something that translates to both the interview subject and hopefully to the viewer. Right, right. Absolutely. So you talked about some of your influences. I mean, growing up in, like you said, you talked about Stan Lee. Who who were other people that inspired you to get involved in this type of work? Ah, good question. Um, yeah, well, Stan Lee, major, major influence. Um, uh, as far as music, the band Kiss mm-hmm. um, has to be okay. know, prominent amongst, you know. Kiss sort of is the band that, they never saw on stage. Well, Reality Check TV is the TV show we want to see on TV, which we don't. Right. When we tune into these other shows, and it's like boring. I'm not interested in that. Um, so that those kinds of things are very influential in terms of maybe not so much style or presentation, but just the general idea of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And also that there's four characters, four individual individuals that come together. So, you know, Kiss was the, uh, um, the four who are one, and we kind of caught that lick and said we're the four who have fun. Right. <laughs> so definitely a right. big influence great... there. I would say mm-hmm. Hugh Hefner and Larry okay. Finn are big influences. Hugh Hefner, because he pushed out the boundaries of human sexuality, and, you mm-hmm. know, we're all for that, of course. And not just in the lurid sense, but in the idea that people can be free with themselves and their bodies. Larry Flint is a big one because he's a guy who pushed out the boundaries of the First Amendment and helped pave the way for what we do. And we've taken some slack. We've shown some, you know, God forbid we show a a naked breast on our show and, you know, and and it still makes people crazy. And I just don't understand it. It's 2011. Mm -hmm. And why are we afraid of a boob on TV, but we can show endless maiming and death and destruction and violence and famine and all true. this nonsense, but a boob, That's and true. people want to go, you know, absolutely batshit, and that makes me go batshit. I don't know what that's right. about. So those kinds of people who help, um, you know, change the landscape culturally and otherwise are a big part of what we do. In- Cool. Any specific persons in radio, like Howard Stern? I mean, any Howard any Stern would like be that? definitely. Um, he also um, has pushed the boundaries on TV as well, because he's had his own TV show, which you know, mm-hmm. and done his own specials and those sorts of things. So definitely that sort of thing, and and basically anything or anybody who has been a pioneer, or who's pushed the boundaries, right. or tweaked the noses of the powers that be, we like that guy. You know what I mean? We definitely are going to mm-hmm. like that person or that organization or that thing that m- makes life worth living. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, you know, so I could sit here and list, list people all day long. What's that? I said we could. I could list people all day long. All day long, as as right, right. Yeah. Um, but it, but it's cool. just no, a general awesome. idea. Yeah, people who people like Hefner and Lent and Kiss and, and uh, Stan Lee who have impacted culturally, the world, really. Mm-hmm. So definitely a big influence on us. 
Nice, nice. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about, um, you know, everyone else's roles in the Reality Check TV, including Danny, Huge, and, and Dragon Dave. I mean, does uh-huh. everyone play a similar role in terms of everyone interviews, everyone produces? Everyone interviews, did... yeah. And, okay. and the, the beauty of it is it's sort of a, you know, everybody does a little bit of everything. We all have our sort of specific areas that we handle behind the scenes. But we, we do each do camera work. We each uh, do interviews. We each contact certain people that we want to be or or be able to talk to. Um, okay. So everybody contributes ideas. Um, you know, Hugh is the creator of the show, but I'm not sure he really knew what the hell he was getting himself into <laughs> 20 years down the line. You know, I, I think he's wow. often at the eye of the hurricane going, how the hell did I get here again? <laughs> So uh, awesome. he's, he's the main camera person, um, you know, especially when I'm doing interviews, I usually rely on him. He knows how to capture the shot, and so I don't even worry about him. If he's operating the camera, I can be free to just do my thing. Right. So we, we operate as a good team, but, you know, it, it can be any of us, you know, behind the camera or in front, and, uh, and we keep it like that sort of in-house. We do all our own editing. Everything is done and controlled by us for a variety of reasons. One is we want to avoid copyright and trademark problems. And right. so it's just the four of us for a lot of those reasons and, and certain friends of ours. you know. And then we have certain people who are like uh, characters, friends of ours who you know pop up in shows and sometimes are guest interviewers or, you know. And there's a lot of people who come on the show very often because they're friends of ours, like the guys in Motorhead, are very good nice. friends. So whenever cool. they're around, you know, first of all, Lemmy's a character, and he's a very sweet man, he, and he's a big fan of ours, which is, you know, that's like getting the blessing of the Pope or something, you know. Right. He's, he's, Lemmy is God, right? So when, you know, he's a friend of ours, I can call him up and say, hey, Lem, we're going to be in L.A., or hey, uh, can we come to the show or whatever, and he hooks us up, you know, like no problem. That's awesome. Yeah, he's a, he's a gentleman and a scholar, so I have you know a huge amount of reverence for him. I would say he's another like guy who's an influence because he he survived the the rock and roll wars and lived to tell the tale. You know what I mean? Mhm. Definitely. So kudos Definitely. to him, man. And that that documentary, if that had been me making that documentary, it would have come out just like that because that's the way he is. Wow, very cool, yeah. very cool. So um. You know, talking about, again, the guests that you interview and the types of persons, what has been, I guess, if you can think off the top of your head, the most interesting and intriguing person or personality that you can recall interviewing? And what was uh, well, about you that know, person? Well, I, ha- I, I have to lead off with Stan Lee. I mean, for me personally, some of my favorite interviews were guys like, like Stan Lee, um, you know, mm-hmm. the guys in kits um, who I've met and interviewed. Um, nice. <clears throat> hung out with on occasion. Um, I would also say, uh, golly, Malcolm McDowell was my, one of my favorite interviews. Um, that was an interesting one because um, we sort of, you know, we, we specialize in doing what I call guerrilla-style media where we just sort of pop up, you know, and we appeared at a film <laughs> festival that he, was, that he was being honored at, and, you know, he had done a couple of, interviews already and he was getting you know it was time for him to go and i i basically waylaid him and said hey you know i'd like to do take a few minutes to have a chat and he said uh well how long do you think and i said oh, you know 
10 minutes or so. He goes, all right, right. fine, you know. And it ended up being a 45-minute conversation. Right. And we had so much fun that I finally was like, well, you know, I should let you go. He goes, no, 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 this is great, you know. And so, <laughs> again, it was like That's paying cool. me a compliment. Like, he was having so much fun that he stayed extra just to keep talking, you know. Mm-hmm. And he, teased, he even teased me a little bit on camera, you know, which was great, you know. And we had a great interplay, and the results were, were awesome, uh, you know. And, uh, and he signed my Clockwork Orange poster, you know. So, oh, uh, nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a huge, that's my favorite movie of all time. You know, so it's talk. so, oh my, and i got to try to put myself through that again. Now, again, Ace, you know, I work, I'm a forensic slash clinical psychologist. I love huh. disturbing, bizarre stuff, and I'd heard so much about it. And one night, this was, I don't know, a year ago probably, it was mm-hmm. it was on, so I DVR'd it, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to watch this thing. I was so excited. And for some reason, I just, I watched like 10 minutes of it, and I just couldn't, I don't know what happened. I, I just didn't get the gist of it or the concept of it, and I don't know. I, I just lost interest. So i got to try to watch it again because everyone just raves about this. It and again, is, I love it, Silence of the Lambs. I love, you know, Seven, you know, stuff like that. But for some uh-huh. reason, this one, I just had a hard time. I don't know. Well, I would Maybe you can help me out. That you, I suggest you revisit it and kind of just um, put aside any preconceptions you might have and just sort of allow it to wash over you you know okay. it's it's a very there it, it basically this film asks a lot of very powerful questions you know okay. what about the you know essentially behavior control is that is that moral or ethical you know is it right mm-hmm. to take someone no matter how reprehensible the character or person is and change that person for the benefit of society but is it really beneficial for society or that person if it's not done voluntarily? Yeah. Right. So from a right. psychology okay. point of view, I think you would find that really fascinating. Yeah, I'm going to have to make myself watch it again and get and yeah, yeah, and just try like I you said. I only suggest you do. I, I, you know, and I'm also a, a psychology nut, so the okay. psychology of that particular character is this is a murderous, devious rather oh, yeah. reprehensible character and then he has this incredible journey where basically the state takes him and says, We're gonna make an example of you and we're gonna change you and you know, there's a lot of ethical questions there. Is that right? Is it moral? Right. Okay. So. All right. Okay, that's my homework assignment. <laughs> there you go. I will definitely do that. <laughs> and the journey um, and the journey of the character is he starts out being a total total asshole basically, which I and you're like, right. oh, whatever he gets, he deserves. And then by the end of it, you're feeling sorry for him. Interesting. That's what happens. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll check that out. So, and then another question, I guess I'm curious, and I think fans would be curious to know about, and and people listening mm-hmm. in is, do you guys have sponsors? Like, I mean, I'm assuming you do this full time as your career. It is not a full time. This is a labor. Oh, it isn't. It isn't not. Oh, okay. Would it were it only the truth, I would be a very happy man, and so would we all. Because frankly, that's all we really want to do is to be able to do this. If we could do it all the time and do nothing else, believe you me, we'd all be very happy because it's our passion. Take this as a compliment because when I looked at you know your website and everything you guys have done and accomplished, I assume that this is what you guys did full-time but so well it it ends up being a full-time job but it's definitely a labor of love um we have on occasion earned some money here and there we do 
we have we're on a, a platform now called uh, Nevio.com. Okay. And um, that allows us to plant, um, uh, sponsors, you know, uh, sponsors that are tailored directly to us. And there's a revenue sharing plan that they have. So if someone buys an item or uses our special code or whatever the case might mm-hmm. be, or go like we just started up with 1-800-PETMEDS to give them a plug. Okay. Uh, and if you go to 1-800-PETMEDS.com slash RCTV and use that portal exclusively, every time somebody makes a purchase, they get a 10% discount and free shipping cool. and so on, and we get a piece of that action. So anybody out there who wants to help us out and keep us out of trouble, uh, keep us <laughs> off the streets, uh, you know, go go to that uh, particular site and uh, and buy your uh, products for for your pets. I know I'm a pet lover and uh, I've been you a pet know. owner, so anything that can help out to save a few dollars because pet pet medications are expensive. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can have it delivered Definitely. to your door for free. You spend I think oh any so anything over forty bucks you get free delivery. So there you go. There's my plug for one eight hundred pet. Medicine. Cool. Yeah, very yeah, cool. I'm a, I'm a big... thing, you know, we, we've worked in the past with uh, like a, there was a, um, a snowboard skateboard company um, mm-hmm. that did really well for us. A lot of our fans and people who watch our show, um, you know, love that sort of thing. So that's generated a bunch of income, and uh, you know, like I was able to buy a laptop computer finally with with this money that uh, I earned. You know, not a lot, but it's right. a little something. And yeah, uh, okay. Hopefully it's time. I mean, we paid for our. We made a bunch of T-shirts for our 20th anniversary celebration, and we got a check-in from Nevio that uh, paid for that. So, you know, when we can pay for some of our expenses, it takes the edge off. So we're not having to come out of pocket for all this stuff. Right. So, what do you guys do? Do Do you have? I'm assuming then you have jobs on the side that you do in addition to this. Yeah. I mean, me personally, I work in the entertainment industry. I do a little bit of everything. Um, okay. Cool. Sometimes I'm doing security work. Sometimes I'm DJing. Sometimes I'm a stage manager. I just started a gig as a stage manager for a local theater company called Custom Made Theater, um, and they present plays. So that's a new gig for me. I I also uh, stage manage and book the uh, Haight-Ashbury Street Fair. Um, So that's stuff that I do. Um, The other guys all have different jobs. Uh, Dragon Dave in particular um, he works as an extra and sometimes gets, uh, you know, uh, small walk-on parts in local film productions and oh, TV cool. shows and stuff like that. So, you know, you'll see him in the background of, like, he was uh, in the uh, NBC show Trauma and a few different films nice. that have been shot here in the city. Sometimes they're major productions, major Hollywood studio films. Sometimes they're commercials. Sometimes, you know, it's a, a TV show or whatever. He does a lot of that sort of work, and uh, okay. Danny, Danny, uh, he's the main editor. He, he, so every every show you see, he puts together on our computer at home, and then uh, you know, but he he works during the day, you know, basically as a, a telemarketer and 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 does telephone surveys, which is funny because, you know, he kind of has a stutter. <laughs> But okay. you never know it. when he's doing his thing. When he's doing his thing, he doesn't stutter, so you don't notice focus. it. Yeah, right. you don't manage it at all. Pretty funny. So, and and Hugh, um, he works in the uh, business as well, mostly behind the scenes, doing audio, video work, and editing, and that sort of thing. 
So, uh, you know, we, we kind of keep our fingers in the pie in and around the entertainment and related right, right. endeavors. And, and that way it also is, it keeps things flexible. If we need to do sure. a reality thing, we can take the time off. Um, you know, yeah. so mm-hmm. anytime we can get any additional income from the show, it helps make it easier so we're not, because I'll have to take off work, you know, a lot of times to do a reality check thing. And I could, I'll right. miss a day at work. But, you know, these are the trade-offs, you know. I mean, I do it because I love it. And that's mm-hmm. what drives me creatively. So it's it's not that big of a trade-off to me. I mean, sometimes, you know, bills get a little shaky, but, you know, whatever. Right. <laughs> I think, and no, I hey, I understand what you're saying. I think, though, I think you make a great point, and I think a lot of people, I mean, me personally, I do everything because intrinsically all the stuff I do, writing, the radio show, my music, it's just mm-hmm. intrinsically rewarding. And there's, like you said, sometimes there's not much money involved, and I just do it because I love it, and I meet right. interesting and people. That, and that should be something that people really should take to heart is there should be something in your life that you do it because you love it and doesn't have uh, that's its own reward. Anything mm-hmm. that comes additionally is icing on the cake. But if you do something mm-hmm. you love, it's your passion, it's what makes you get up every day, that's that's your thing. And don't you know, don't be shy about pursuing it. Right. And I but I think I, I don't know if you'll agree, but I think a lot of people ace have this misconception of, you know, you go into entertainment, whether it's being a comedian or a musician or whatever it is, and you're gonna become this like wealthy, popular millionaire overnight and it's like it doesn't work that way. And I think people no don't understand the reality of that. And even me, I mean, there's a lot of people who respect what I do, and there's a lot of people that are like, you're crazy, or, you know, why don't you just stop doing it? You didn't get on the road, you're not touring with a huge band, so what's the point? Well, I think success is relative. You know what I mean? I think you define success for yourself. Yeah, it's an excellent point. Success is relative. You know, I mean, we certainly have had our share of successes and notable Mm -hmm. achievements. You know, we've won some awards. And this and that, and all of that stuff is awesome. I mean, it 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 serves to validate uh, to a degree what we're doing. Mm-hmm. But really, like I said, the work is its own reward, and that's the thing that everybody should take home from this sort of a thing. Is no matter what, if it's something that gives you some sort of self satisfaction, anything right. additional is a bonus. So if you win an award or you earn some income or somebody taps you on the shoulder and says, hey, you're that guy from that show. I love your show. That's the extra bonus that makes, you know, that's like, yes, okay, great, you know. But the work still should should sort of be its own reward. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. So I can watch an episode of Reality Check TV from whenever and go, yeah, wow, you know. Just, just yeah. you know, be able to to be satisfied and know that, hey, you know, this this was fun. It was entertaining. If I'm entertained, then hopefully other people are entertained too. And you know, I think you know over the course of of time, and and I've been lucky enough to interview a lot of big name people. And you know, Stan mm-hmm. Lee gave me a compliment, but I've been complimented by guys like Brett Michaels was was uh, wow. kind enough to pay me a compliment. I mean, these are people who've been interviewed by everybody. Uh, Jeff Tate from Queensrÿche paid me a compliment after an interview one time. And, you know, there's a few others that, that I can't really think of off the top of my head. But, you know, when somebody like that who's been through a gazillion interviews by yeah. you know, all kinds of people, and they take the time out to say, hey, you know, that was really cool. I enjoyed that. 
Um, the Dave Mustaine from Megadeth said the same thing. Um, nice. You know, that makes it that much more special and, you know, just reminds me that I, I'm doing something good here. And so, you know, just stay with it. And, and and if someday we're able to put it, make this our actual full-time endeavor, hey, great, you know, that would be, you know, once again, that much better. Right. So why don't we segue into that? So where are you guys with, have you tried to, you know, push it to, I know you have it on some cable television shows, but have you tried to push it to any, I don't want to say more major networks, but places that you could? We have, actually, Mm -hmm. and that's a good question, and I get that one a lot. I get that one a lot. Right. And the real truth is I have had meetings. I have been in the offices of, of, you know, some networks and, and had communications with different people, and they usually all say the same thing. We love your show. It's great. But at the current time, we're not adding anything to our schedule, blah, blah, blah. They said they'll come up with some bogus reason. And then what will happen is I will see something not dissimilar pop up a little while later and by somebody else, and it'll be sort of the same idea, but, you know, it's not really the same. I mean, I think we have a unique chemistry and our own particular brand of how we do things is unique to us and us only. So you can put a famous rock star in front of a camera and have him roam around and, you know, this and that. <laughs> right. And, it, and and I won't mention any names, but right. it, I, know that, I know that that particular show ended up only producing less than 20 episodes, and I'm at 500. Right. So, you know, you tell mm-hmm. me. Now, certainly mm-hmm. this person is much more famous, and the network that it was on, they make gazillions of dollars. I'd like to say you could make that money with me. I'm not as famous right. as so, but the way I do and the way we do what we do is singular. And I agree. Yeah, I mean, yeah, everything yeah. you guys do is so unique. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's it so, definitely you guys know, definitely all, all the people you know, and the people who I've talked to and interviewed, you know, some of those people even say, you know, how come you're not on MTV or you're not on VH1? And I'm always like. Have them get a hold of me. You know, I, I, right. I've talked to, you know, I have rejection letters on, you know, we've framed on the wall by from MTV and places like that. Thanks a lot for submitting. Wow. Great. You know, we enjoyed your show, but there's always the big but. And I think what that comes down to really is they want to be able to own it and control it. You right. know what I mean? They want to own mm-hmm. the trademark and the copyrights and so on and so forth so that they can do whatever they want with it. And, you know, I, you know, I'm willing to talk to somebody, but I'm not willing to give it all away. You know, right? I not agree. Like they put a gigantic I check in front of me, and I'm still going to want to control. Uh, I'm going to want to have control over it. So right. I think that's usually the sticking point is when somebody from a big uh, network or another channel or whatever, you know, wants to do business or 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 not. The sticking point would be is that they cannot trademark this thing. We own it. You know, we own the trademarks and the copyrights and all of the material. And, you know, in order for that to, to go forward, they're going to have to compensate us and, you know, allow us to control how the, how it's continued to be presented. Sure, sure. No, that's good point. Like and that, that that is a downfall, like you're saying, is that, right, a lot of these places want the ownership of it so they can, you know, yeah. give you a few hundred oh, bucks. Me. I've, I've, okay. had contracts put in, I've had contracts put in front of me and I read these mm-hmm. things, and I know how to read a contract, luckily. 
Right. And, you know, the first thing they go is we own your name and likeness and this and that in perpetuity throughout the universe. It's one of my favorite phrases. In a, what in does a, it say? In perpetuity of what? In, in perpetuity throughout the universe. So that means forever and ever anywhere in the entire universe. That's oh, just gosh. possible, like as if, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, and it's like, okay, so you want to basically own my soul forever. Right. Well, that doesn't put this case in my mouth. And you don't want to give me anything for it. I'm sorry, but I just can't do that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree with you. I wouldn't do that either. I think that's just ludicrous. Absolutely. So, you know. So, yeah, so um, so what what would you, um, if you had some recommendations, if there's other people listening out there and they want to do something, not necessarily like what you're doing, but they want to start their own thing, what recommendations do you have for people? Uh, wow, golly, that's a good question. Um, we have inspired. You know, what are, what some, are some of the positives? What are some of the you know? What are some of the maybe limitations? Well, you're going to have recommend? to be dedicated. I, I would say right. first and foremost, and because as I cited earlier, there have been a couple of shows that have popped up and then they've disappeared within a year or two mm-hmm. because the people involved did not realize, hey, this is a lot of work. And also, there's a, interpersonal dynamics. The people that you're working with. You know, you can create a show and have it air and then find out that the people that you're working with are, are a pain in the ass and you can't put up with them, you know. Uh-huh. Certainly we have, certainly we, have our, uh, we have our ups and downs amongst us, you know. But I you guys. What, okay. what keeps us together is a shared vision of, uh, you know, we, we still love doing what we do. We still love hanging out with each other. We have a lot of friends and and people in the industry who like what we do and pay us Mm -hmm. compliments and take care of us and this and that. So those things keep us going. And, you know, at our core, we all love the same thing. So, you know, are there going to be times when we have an occasional spat? Sure. But that's going to happen in a four-way relationship. We've been together now, um, including Dave. Dave's been with us now for... I don't know, 10, 15 years at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's going to be stuff that, that comes up, you know. We we work through these things and we move forward, and that's also and that's, important. That's, yeah, you know what, that's a great point that you bring up. I mean, yeah, how do you work through things like that? Because, you know, you see bands breaking up all the time. You know, sure. I mean, my own personal Somebody's experience Somebody's got to be the just, big boy in the room, I guess, at the end of it all. I mean, um, and, and realize that, uh, you know, is it worth, destroying what we've worked so hard for over a momentary fit. And, you know, believe Mm -hmm. me, I have had my my meltdown. Every one of us has had a meltdown at one time or another, like, that's it, I quit. But (laughs) after after the the blood pressure goes down and the anger subsides, it's like, no, 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 no. I'm not not throwing this away. I'm too stubborn to let it go. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to do that. And uh, and then, like, like I said, you know, what seems to happen a lot of times, and I, and I know this has happened to one or more of us at various times, where it's like, uh, you know, how much longer can we keep doing this and not really see that much out of it? And then somebody will re- tap us on the shoulder and go, hey, you're so-and-so from Reality Check TV. We love right that now. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's right. That's why I'm doing this again. Right. Okay. Thank you. And then it's like it never happened, you know. So those sorts of I, things, uh, when we get, when, when we get uh, particularly I have to always tell people, and I'll, I'll say it again, anybody who's out there, you see me on the street 
or at a show or wherever, and I could be in, you know in New York or L.A. or Vegas or San Francisco, and and I get it all the time. In all of those places, people walk up to me randomly and go, "You were on that show? I love that show," and I want it. So anytime, mm-hmm. be be don't be afraid. Come on up and you you like what I do or like what we do, please let me know because I might be having a bad day and I'll need to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure you guys are very just enamored and interact with the, the guests and the people that are sure. fans of you too, which then that yeah. only feeds more into you guys representing yourself so well with Reality Check TV. And it's I think true. that's so and important. I'll give, you, I'll give you another example. We had a very interesting and very very powerful experience just just about a week or so ago. Um, okay. I don't know if you know about the... Um, this guy Brian Stowe, who was a Giants fan, that was beaten up at the LA Dodgers home opener, and he uh, okay. he was near death, and he's been in a slow recovery. And his favorite band is Queensrÿche, and we've had the guys on the show in the past, and so we got in touch with their people, and we said, hey, you know, this guy's in the hospital. He's a big Queensrÿche fan. You're going to be in San Francisco. Maybe you'd like to drop by and and just wow. a little bit, and they did. And you know, oh, that's awesome. we 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 went in with them and we took some photos and um and then after you know they brought him some stuff and he responded and you could see that even though he was a little bit tired he was like he knew they were there and he even asked them to dedicate a song and they did so it was super cool on so many levels and they I think were moved by the whole experience and you know we spent a lot of time hanging out with them. Know, both in the room and then afterwards we had a chat and we went to the show and it was a great time all the way around. So, you know, those are the kinds of you know what I mean. That's just amazing that you guys would do that because that's I mean that's how I am as a person with whatever I do. I'm always trying to support people and help people and that's just I mean if I can just give you guys kudos for that that's just unbelievable because most people are out there for themselves unfortunately. Right. And as you see, I mean, you can make so much more headway in this industry when you're actually supporting each other and and trying to help each other out versus just kind of be all about me. And that, you know what I mean, that narcissism and that, uh, don't even get me going with that stuff. No, no. And one of the other things we do, we also support the local community in a variety of ways, particularly, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I organize um, the the live showcases that we present on a semi-regular basis, so I probably do a few of them a year, um, at you know, in various venues up and around in the Bay Area, mostly San Francisco okay. itself, but you know, occasionally hithering on, and uh, uh, sometimes in New York. In fact, I, I, I've done a couple of shows in New York. I did my 45th and 47th birthday parties there, and had some great bands play, and some cool stuff happened, and it was a grand old time, and we we documented that. Um, cool. in Vegas and L- L.A. and places like that. So, you know, we we try to present particularly local bands and some of our favorites like uh, Thor, the rock god. We, you know, we brought him down from Canada and he did a special show for uh, for Danny's birthday a couple of years back. And okay. Everybody had, everybody had a blast and uh, he had a great time and it was an awesome show. So we try to do these kinds of things um, where we present our favorite bands, whether they be local or, or touring acts. And, uh, you know, give them a, a showcase and, and uh, bring people in and everybody seems to have a good time and, you know, we film some stuff and uh, the results speak for themselves, I think. 
So we always like to do that. I, I, I particularly enjoy showcasing great local bands. There's a lot of talent that is undiscovered, mm-hmm. and it's harder than ever for these for these acts to present themselves. I know. But also for local artists of all kinds, performance artists and painters and filmmakers, uh, some of whom I discussed, like uh, my friend Val Kilmore from The Craving. Um, she's mm-hmm. also an, a, a next New Yorker. Um, you know, I, we participated in their opening of the film and and, uh, and so on, and I helped raise money for them. And, you know, so we're very involved in all of those things because, you know, I like, I'm kind of of the tribal nature, you know, um, and I think okay. we all are in, in the show. So we're always trying to help each other to help all of us, you know, present our stuff and hopefully it will lead to bigger and better things for all concerned, you know. Yeah, definitely. I think you guys are doing an amazing job, and I definitely can see how all your support and those things you've mentioned tonight are just amazing that you've done for other people and supporting people and hosting events for different bands and stuff. I think that's great. That's really cool. So what can uh, people expect from you? Do you have any other things coming up right now that you want to plug uh, in the near future? Uh, I think we have a tentative show planned in December, but the details are not announced yet. We've been asking a couple of different headliners. We were hoping to get uh, Betsy Bitch to headline, but unfortunately her band is going to be away at the time um, that we were looking for. So the next thing is scheduled for tentatively for early December at at a local um, club called Madhouse, which is basically oriented towards metal. So that's about it. That's kind of on the calendar at the moment. I may or, you know, have another end-of-the-year show planned for another venue, but I can't speak about it until it's set. So sure. unfortunately, sure. if people want to find out more, hey, you know, we always post everything on realitycheckTV.com. That's realitycheckT as in Tom, V as in Victor.com. I suggest people cool. just keep visiting the site. We post new episodes periodically. Um, we, we're, we've stopped at episode 500 for right now. I think episode 501 will be the Queensryche episode, actually, to, so people can kind of get a, an idea of what that was all about. Okay. And uh, and uh, I think it will also it'll have our uh, 20th anniversary celebration party on there as well. So that's kind cool. of uh, an upcoming episode. Um, and then we have so much great material in the can um, that uh, I, it's hard for me to even, like, recite it because we've got months and months and months of stuff. So just yeah, keep so, I mean, everyone should just go to yeah, your website and check everything out. Yeah, realitycheckTV.com. You can also visit me personally online on Facebook. Uh, you know, I have a Twitter page, at Ace Reality Check. Um, the Facebook page is Ace Reality Check TV. Uh, both Danny and Dave also have their own pages um, on on Facebook. So, you know, by all means, contact us. Be our friend. Um, there's a Reality Check TV fan page on, on uh, Facebook as well. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, and we, uh, I, I answer as much as I can of, of stuff that's sent to me or when people post things. I And, and also, I, I also encourage people in bands or ha- or with other creative projects, you know, whatever it might be, to post on the fan page. I'll share it, you know, and, and try to promote it as much cool. as I possibly can. Again, you know, with the idea that um, we're all in this together. And, uh, you know, if you have something that's fun or cool or interesting or exciting or whatever, um, 
we generally are going to want to know about it and let people know about it so that they can go also go and see it or experience it for themselves. Cool. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, so what else do you want to talk about to eventually tie things up for the night? Well, golly, I don't know if you have any more questions for me. <laughs> Got a couple more minutes. No, I, I, um, I, yeah, I mean, the main thing was, yeah, I just wanted to kind of gauge where you guys are going in the future, and I think you pretty much answered that to, uh, you know, yeah. wrap things up I, for the I, night. I think and there's nothing but more and better stuff to come. I think now that mm-hmm. we've kind of hit this, this sort of milestone, you know, um, we have a chance to kind of reflect for a second and go, golly, we really, we've really done some stuff here. I think one of the things we want to do eventually is kind of make our own documentary um, and kind of tell the story of us. So that's something that... would be cool. Yeah. We we did shoot some material in New York about a year or so ago because Hugh and I, as I said, both come from there and, you know, we were kind of walking around in the village and he went to NYU and I used to frequent the clubs and so forth. So he and I, we we didn't know each other until each each of us were out here, but we kind of treaded the same pathways around the Lower East Side and the the East Village and so on and the West Village, um, you know, and we probably were sitting in the same clubs at one time or another having a drink and didn't know each other, but we found each other and that's sort of a, a destiny thing. I, I would like to, you know, thank or either that or just dumb luck. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. So, no, uh, I mean, you guys are doing amazing. And we appreciate it. And you know, uh, I have to thank you for uh, for uh, you know inviting me to come on the show. I was struck by, you know, your earnestness and the way you presented your your endeavor. And it, right away, I said, oh, I want to check this out and maybe, uh, you know. Uh, be part of it and uh, and help you promote it. Thank so, you. So uh, I wish you all the luck with your endeavor, and I, I hope you'll keep yeah definitely doing what def- doing what you do. Absolutely, and so, who knows? So maybe me, we'll so be in tell touch. Tell me very quickly. All right, I'll tell you what. Let me turn the okay, table quickly because you've been you, asking you. all the questions tonight. You know, <laughs> now you go ahead. First of all, how did you go from being a forensic psychologist, which is a very deep and probably can be a quite dark well, place, I- working in prison? doing mm-hmm. this sort of thing. How did that Well, it's interesting. I'm actually, I mean, my, my doctorate degree is in clinical psychology, and yeah. I, I've always had, I mean, just in brief, I grew up being fascinated by the horror movies, you know, the uh, uh-huh. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, all, all that older stuff back in the day. Um, uh-huh. And, you know, I just was always fascinated by, like, what you said before, like, behaviors, why do people do the things they do? Um, uh-huh. So I never, didn't necessarily think I'd end up in prison and working in corrections and forensics, but that's kind of where my uh, direction went, and I I enjoy the stuff that I do. It it kind of relates back to my interest back in the day. Um, And then the entertainment stuff, it's interesting, Ace. I, again, behaviors and stuff, I've always been fascinated by people. I mean, Mm -hmm. the dumber reality stuff on TV, the better. Howard Stern, I'm a huge fan. To be Mm -hmm. honest, I would love to combine like I said, my psychology, my entertainment, and maybe be writing for a show one day, you know, be a contributor where I could be on a team of people, like with you guys. I would mm-hmm. love to be involved in that. I have a a very uh, interesting sense of humor. People look at me and they're like, oh, she's just kind of like... <laughs> right, right. If you look at me, you think you have to be a little bit is very conservative. What's that? Yeah. You have to be yeah. a little bit warped to do this, I think. I have you know, to. What did you, you say? I said you have to be a little bit warped. 
in a way. Oh, yeah. In a good way. Oh, definitely. You know? Definitely. It's, and it's, I it's, think... It's one of, yeah, you want to do this sort of thing to be in a, to be an entertainer in any way, shape, or form. You have to be a little crazy because you have to sort of. <laughs> but you're putting yourself out there, you know. You are. So you, you are. You, and you by, you by doing your radio show and me doing a TV show, and I've done radio as well. After a certain, it's it sort of it, it can be intimidating for a second, but if you get past that, then it's incredibly. Mm-hmm. Free. It can be. It, it gives you a sense of freedom, like you can do almost anything. Yeah, yeah, I think I think where I'm at right now, really. I mean, if you guys have anything where you need someone with a psychology background, entertainment background, I'm just I'm really looking for a group of talented professional people to work with. Mm-hmm. And that, like I said, that could be writing a sitcom. It could be mm-hmm. doing something reality-related, um, mm-hmm. you know, developing a horror film and someone saying, okay, we want to go in this angle. What would you recommend from your psychology background? I just I love mm-hmm. that stuff. I love being creative and working with, with people. Ah, um, yeah. So, Collaborating is fun when we have the right people on board. Exactly. Oh, you don't you don't even have to go there. I know what you mean. <laughs> um, so, yes, I mean my entertainment started out with the music stuff that was about a couple of years ago that I released an album, and prior okay. to that I'd been in and out of bands for I don't know a good five or six years. I growing up I wasn't really interested in it. My master's program I started writing, and I have a lot of family in the music industry, so maybe it was kind of in me for a while, um, uh-huh. but the experience that you, went through that. How would you describe? How would you describe your musical flavor or style? You said you've been in a few bands, but you've also done singer-songwriter stuff. So right, I would say your, 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 my my passion pushing, mm-hmm. is more hard rock. I, I love the harder rock stuff, like the Chevelle, the Breaking Benjamin, the Cold. Um, that's mm-hmm. really what I love. People might say maybe that's not the best fit for me, but I think emotionally that's where I can express myself the most. And that's what the prior bands were that I was in when I played out. Now, when I did the singer-songwriter stuff and, and went off as a solo artist, I collaborated with a um, producer and songwriter where I you know, did all the vocals, lyrics, and melodies, and this person, mm-hmm. he um, did the music. And, you know, he came from a different background. So I was flexible, um, so met halfway, and it, it became more of an alternative rock uh-huh. and a pop type of album, which was great. Um, but right now I'm looking to get back into collaborating again with people and, and doing some more heavier stuff, and that's what I really love doing. And I think Good. I have potential Good. to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I encourage you heartily to go after the heavy stuff without a cool I know. And, and the, the heavier the better. Mark- the heavier the better, and marketability. I mean, there's not many female. There's some great female. You know, there's Hailstorm out there. There's some great sure. female-fronted heavy bands, but that's not. And that's something. You know, let, me, let me let me point out very quickly. That's something that we champion on on our show is mm-hmm. female-fronted or all-female bands, which is a, a very underrated and underreported on right. aspect of of the entertainment industry and from the from the get-go, that's been one of our hallmarks. In fact, we even released a DVD, which is out. You can get it on Amazon or, or uh, anywhere. It's called Real Rock Divas. And we have people oh, like nice. Lita Ford to Lacuna Coil to the Donnas and some and some lesser-known female artists around there as well. And again, that's kind of that level playing field that I was talking about earlier, where everybody kind of gets the same reverence, no matter if they're famous or not. And some, there's some footage on there of uh, our friend Storm Large, who was on Rockstar Supernova um, okay. before she was famous. And so that's oh, sort of wait, thing. wait, what so was her name again? What was her Storm name? Storm Large. 
Yeah, I, I remember watching that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. So, uh, What's going on? Yeah, that's, uh, maybe we can interview you when we come to New York. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, give me some time and let me see what I can get in the works uh, musically and some other stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, right, Larry? Okay. Yeah. Or, or if you're interested, um, you can do an interview with me about what it's like to uh, work in corrections and I uh, do some crazy stuff. <laughs> He would not believe these stories like that I have. <laughs> All right. so, okay. Well, for the last minute, part, right? just to say, uh, go to realitycheckTV.com and uh, visit you on Blog Talk Radio. Right? Yeah, definitely. Right. So thank you so much for being a part of the show. And we definitely, I always invite my guests back. So if you want to come back on in the future and uh, give us some updates as what you're up to, feel free to uh, let me know. Sounds awesome. I appreciate All right. Okay, thank, so thank you so much. Thanks again, and uh, thanks, thanks to all our fans out there and all the people who are listening. Um, you know, get in touch and watch us online, realitycheckdv.com. Okay, sounds great. Thanks so much, Ace. All right, you Have take care. Have a great care. night. You, you too. Bye. All right, bye. bye-bye. All right, everyone. Again, you just heard from Ace of Reality Check TV. And uh, check them out at realitychecktv.com. The interview was great. If for some reason you were able to, um, you weren't able to tune in until midway or towards the end, the podcast will be available. And that will be available within five to ten minutes after the show is over. So, again, check out realitychecktv.com. And everyone, please tune in next week. We have an amazing hard rock band coming on which will be Wednesday, October 19th at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. And that band that we have coming on is going to be Craving Lucy. Um, they've been featured on many of the uh, Sirius XM channels, especially Sirius XM Octane. So please check them out at that channel. And I uh, want to give some plugs tonight, too. I always love to plug some of the Howard Stern fans that are a big supporter of my show, and I'm a huge supporter of them. So check out Joseph Muski at SternSuperfans.com. Also check out MarksFriggin.com. He uh, plugs all day about Howard Stern and the details of the show. And again, the SternSuperfans.com is a place for people to check out everything related to Howard where the fans can interact. Also want to plug FlirtSport.com, which is an energy drink that is formulated for the female athlete. And my song, Vanilla Skies, off of my debut album, Leave It All Behind, is currently being used to represent and promote the product. And I'm trying to think who else. Uh, I would definitely want to plug Really Great Magazine. Check out ReallyGreatMagazine.com as well as TalentSpotlightMagazine.com. And um, those two magazines are ones that I currently write columns for, uh, where I talk about um, psychology and the entertainment industry. And if I forgot anyone else with plugs tonight, I promise I will pick you up next week. Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in tonight. And we are going to check out tonight um, one of the songs off of my album, uh, Leave It All Behind. And the song we're going to check out is titled Echo. If anyone's interested, you can go to iTunes or any other major digital distribution sites and uh, type in Carrie Edelman for my album, Leave It All Behind. So this song is called Echo. Thanks again, everyone, and have a great night. So-
could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, 
where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.